Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Tourpreneur Podcast. I hope you've had your breakfast or your lunch or your dinner because today we are talking all about food tourism. We're joined by Eric Wolf. Eric is the founder and executive director of the World Food Travel Association, the world's leading authority on food and beverage tourism. He is also the publisher of Have Fork Will Travel and author of Culinary Tourism, The Hidden Harvest. He's also a highly sought speaker on food and beverage tourism. He's been featured in the New York Times, Newsweek, Forbes, also on CNN, Sky TV, the BBC, and now he features on Tourpreneur, and I'm sure he'll be adding that to his bio. Uh, Today we find out more about the WFTA. They're an organization which I wasn't that familiar with, so I wanted to find out more Why should someone who is a food tourpreneur or a food tourpreneur in waiting get involved with the WFTA? I asked him about the research they put out. Um, We talk quite a bit about professional development. We talk about their community, GastroTerra. We talk a little bit about their podcast as well. They have a podcast, which I will add the link into our show notes. So you can check that out as well. Um, We talk about their new upcoming, well, not new, it's their sixth in in a row virtual summit called Food Treks. As the sixth annual online food travel summit, Uh, I ask him who's speaking, what are some of the topics. Um, This is a paid webinar, um, so I find out a little bit more about that. And also they have some free sessions that you can join as well. At the end of the episode, Eric has a message for all food tourpreneurs out there as we are in a crisis right now with the pandemic. And we're recording this in April 2020. Um, so, you know, do, do listen to his message. I found it fascinating to talk with Eric and learn a lot more about WFTA because, you know, here at Tourpreneur, I am all about flattening that learning curve. And I feel if you check out their resources and we don't do a big pitch or anything here, right? I, you know, if I bring someone on the show, they're authentic, they're genuine, they're worth following. So please do go check out the WFTA at worldfoodtravel.com. Anyway, let's cross over to London and chat with Eric Wolf. Welcome to Tourpreneur, Eric. Thanks, Shane. Pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to learn more about the WFTA and what you guys are about and how you can help our food tourpreneurs who are listening to the show. And also wanted to find out a bit more about your summit, which is happening on April 22nd and 23rd to find out more about the food treks online. 
So maybe we could start off by just sharing a bit about WFTA for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with you. Sure, happy to. Well, the WFTA, the World Food Travel Association, is the world's leading authority on food and beverage tourism. And it's an organization that I founded back in 2001. And I've served as the executive director of the organization ever since then. And our mission is to preserve and promote culinary cultures through hospitality and tourism. So kind of pervades everything we do, that essence of culinary cultures and working to promote them and preserve them. And we do that through different product portfolios. So we have an education arm, an events arm, a community arm, a consulting arm, and a research arm. So let's say, for instance, I'm a, uh, I want to set up a, um, let's just, we'll keep it simple, a food tour. Why should I sign up with you guys? Why should I become a member? You know, what can I get from you that will help me either set up my business or help me to grow my business? There's a couple ways to approach that. Um, First of all, we are the oldest organization of our kind in the world, and it stands to reason then that we have the most experience in the industry. And there are quite a few companies out there that will dabble in training people on how to run a tour or how to operate a tour company. And there's even companies that will so so uh, allegedly talk about uh, training food tour operators or beverage tour operators. Mm. And I think we really have the most experience of anyone in the world. And we make it easy for businesses and and tourist guides as well, uh, tour operators and tourist guides, to work with us to get the training and certification they need. Uh, We don't have anything like in-person classes. I mean, those can be good, but they're also typically pretty expensive and pretty time-consuming. And we realize that people don't have that kind of time today. So all of our training is delivered online and businesses can get their certifications from us online as well. Yeah. Share a little bit more about the certification that you offer. Sure. We have two different certifications right now. One is for culinary tourist guides and the other is for culinary tour operators. And the tourist guide certification is delivered in partnership with the European Federation of Tourist Guides. And that's a certification that we launched last fall. And so far we have graduated approximately 30 to 35 culinary tourist guides. And the culinary tour operator certification is brand new, and that just launched, I think it was February. And to date, we've graduated just two culinary tour operators, but uh, we hope to grow that as the business demand increases after the pandemic ends. I'm curious, and I'm excited to share this because the Tourpreneur podcast is all about flattening the learning curve for tour operators. And I'm a strong believer that with the resources you're providing. You've been around since, you know, the early 2000s. You're sent a lot of uh, experience and knowledge. I'm a big advocate where possible for particularly tourpreneurs in waiting that want to start a business to, to come to WFTA and say, right, okay, this is going to cost me X amount, but it's going to supercharge my business almost. It's going to flatten that learning curve, especially when it comes to certification so that you're putting your business in the best best starting point really rather than just most tourpreneurs i speak to learn as they go along make the mistakes as they go along whereas coming to someone like yourselves and getting certified and taking advantage of your trends reports and your community will flatten the learning curve indeed um so a big fan of that yeah it does that and what we also I think that one of the, the biggest things that people like about the certification we offer is the marketing benefits afterwards. We give people a digital badge and a certificate that helps in their own marketing of their tours or their tourist guide services. Brilliant. 
That's good. You also have a podcast as well, correct? Yes, we do. Eat Well, Travel Better. Love it. And how long's that been around for? Oh gosh, it's been uh, about two and a half years now. We just published our, we're just about to publish episode number 31. Uh, you know, the average is most shows only last for seven episodes. Oh, is that true? So you're well ahead of that. Yeah, yeah. According to all the reports, because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's easy to set a podcast up and you become an instant star overnight and you make tons of money. <laughs> and then people realize six, because, <laughs> you know, a friend of mine said to me the other day, he goes, oh, you only work an hour a week. And I was like, yeah, that's right. It's just the hour chat, right? There's no research. There's no editing or anything. It just magically all appears. Yeah, and that hour brings in thousands of dollars at the same time, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm coming to you from Hawaii right now, you know, on my beachfront. Why work more when you don't have to? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So there's a lot of things going on. You also have uh, GastroTerra as a community, correct? That's correct. That's the name of our online community. Great. And how many members do you you have in GastroTerra? Oh, let's see. We launched that last August and we just passed 1,100 members on there. Wow. And, you know, I have to ask you because we're recording this April 2020. What are you seeing? Because you, you're based in the UK currently, aren't you? That's correct. I live outside London. So what's your take on what can food tour operators do right now during this crisis? Well, that is, that's the $64,000 question, so to speak. I think there's, there's quite a few things that businesses can be doing right now. We've published several of these ideas and resources for our industry. Uh, one of the things that I think the community can and should be doing right now is to be working on building your brand. Uh, It's absolutely essential to have a look at things now like your website, your SEO, your social media presence, Uh, look at your business process and how you process uh, things like sales on your website and so on. But getting getting the word out there about your brand, helping people to show that you're a partner with the community, with your local community, with your employees, and so on, it's it's the perfect time to be to be talking about your brand and and what you're doing. It's not the right time to be trying to make a sale. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Did you see the food tour company? Forgive me, I forget their name in Atlanta, Georgia that have this service where they are collecting all the food items from their tour and they're delivering them to to people in the area that have ordered them with, I think, like a DVD or a video from all the different chefs. So they've actually got some uh, information. So it's almost like they're bringing the food tour to the house. I thought that was very innovative. Oh, that's clever. I like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link when we've uh, finished our chat. I, I like that. And I mean, obviously there is the worry that, oh, do I have to disinfect the box and who's prepared the food and everything else? I still thought, well, that that's a cool idea. And hopefully, you know, it's keeping a few, you know, re- some money coming in for some of the restaurants down there that are on their tour. Well, it's also a great way to help them build their brand so, so they know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't know about you. I mean, you know, I had to go on a 14-day quarantine because I was in London myself. And then I came back and I'm like, okay, so, you know, I'm kind of bored of cooking. You know, someone's bringing me things to eat. And near me, because I live in a rural part of the state, they're not even doing delivery right now or or pick up. They've just all shut down. Oh, no. So a lot of cooking going on at home. Well, you know, and that's actually, I think that's one of the hidden benefits of this this bad crisis. They say that every dark cloud has a silver lining, and I think it's making people rediscover cooking. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
No, I think that's good. And like you say, now is the opportunity. And we don't want to sugarcoat this, right? It's an awful situation we're in. I know quite a few of our listeners are going to struggle over the couple, next couple of months. But it does give us that opportunity to learn SEO or learn Canva, graphic design, or even photography. You know, if you think your photographs aren't up to scratch, then there's plenty of courses online where, you know, you can work on that. I think that's, we, we have to start thinking, I hate to use the word opportunity here, Eric, but it's like, okay, we've got this time to be at home to work on things we just never had time to work on previously. Yeah. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. That's one of the things that we also suggested. I, I wrote a, an article in, for Medium last month called uh, Time to Make Lemonade. And in there, I was suggesting to people that this is a perfect time to either to learn something or to teach something. I read that article. I didn't realize it was you, Eric. That was me. <laughs> ah, okay. Fantastic. Well, I will add that into the show notes as well for today, which our listeners can find at tourpreneur.com forward slash 69. Uh, I want to talk, you know, we're talking about education and learning. Let's uh, switch tracks a little bit and talk about food tracks online. Um, so what exactly is it, Eric? Well, food trucks online is our online food travel summit. We've been doing it for six years now. And the one coming up at the end of this month on April 22 and 23rd, it's our sixth year doing this. And can you share with us some of the agenda? some of the topics that you're covering this year? Sure. Well, we've got 10 total sessions, two of which are free, and then the rest of the sessions, the other eight sessions are paid. And we decided to keep the early bird pricing for the duration of the registration period just to help our industry out a little bit more. But uh, some of the sessions that we, I mean, we've got, this is the best year ever, I think, of speakers, just some fantastic things. I mean, one of the, the talks we have is promoting food-loving travel in low season. So you look at a, a destination that is not really, you know, it would be a summer destination. So we have a woman from uh, Latvia who's speaking. And they obviously want to bring people all year round, but who wants to go to Latvia in wintertime, right? <laughs> so yeah. I think that'll be a, a really interesting session. Uh, we also have a lady from Poland who's going to be talking about uh, traveling with kids or being a food lover and traveling with kids. And that's something I, I don't think we've really seen before. We, we typically think of food lovers as being either small groups of younger people or a couple or something like that. And we forget that a lot of people are traveling with their kids. So that, I think, is a, a really uh, fantastic session that people have to look forward to. And then we have a couple different sessions that look at differentiating your food tours, uh, things that you should think about if you want to design a gourmet food tour, and also a fantastic session on working with local food and beverage manufacturers and producers. There's a lot in these 10 sessions. And I see that one of your free sessions is with our friend James Blick at Devour Tours, who's going to be talking about, actually it's titled When Crisis Strikes, How to Manage a Meltdown. Because uh, my heart really goes out to James. Well, my heart goes out to all food, well, all tourpreneurs right now. But, you know, James shared quite a lot online about his decision to close down Devour Tours. I think even before the shutdown was in place, in, in you know, they had just launched their London tours. And then I think three weeks later, the shutdown came in. Yeah. Um, I know they were going to be launching in the U.S. as well. So I, it's good that you have him on because, you know, he's someone who's right on the front lines of this, having tours, you know, across the world. He is. And Devour is a leader in our industry, as, as you've just identified. And and James is is a thought leader himself. I mean, he has a fantastic YouTube channel and blog. He provides content for Iberia Airlines, and he's got quite a few followers. So he's, he's an influencer yes. as well. 
this. So there's there's a lot in this summit that I recommend our listeners go check out. What's the fee? It's a paltry 79 euros. Did you know every weekday Shane curates the most interesting news articles in tours and activities and sends them out in a snappy daily digest? Grab your copy of the Tourpreneur Daily Briefing at www.tourpreneur.com. Some of the speakers, I'm just looking now. So they're from all around the world. That's cool. So you've got people from Canada, from Poland, from the UK, Portugal. US. And the USA. Yep. Latvia. And yeah, I think that's it. I guess, you know, what, what we're seeing right now is, I, I read a report from Arrival, and forgive me, I haven't got the numbers to hand, but you know, a large percent of tour operators who are out there right now started their business in the last five years. I mean, food tourism has really exploded. I mean, you must see that big difference from the early 2000s to today. Absolutely. Having been in this industry for almost 20 years now and, and having founded the industry in 2001, we've seen it grow from one or two food tour operators back then to, oh gosh, I don't know, something like five or 10,000 today. And there's we've, we've seen the entire gamut, food tour operators, beverage tour operators, specialist operators, so vegan cuisine or vegetarian, for example, chocolate tours, you name it. And we also see a, a wide range of experience. People who have been doing this for quite a long time and are successful and well-established, and other people who try to pick it up as a hobby and maybe don't do so well because they don't have, they don't take the time to to invest in developing it developing it into a business. So yeah, we, we've really seen seen a lot, but really it's, as you said, in the past five to eight years, I would say the growth has been exponential. And I think that's largely due to the role of the media, the influence of television programming, like on Netflix with the different uh, chef competition shows and shows about ingredients. And all of this has really contributed to fuel and appetite for uh, food tours. Yeah, and I always say that food tourpreneurs have, there's a lot of pressure on them because I think the best marketing for food tours is the very first one you go on. So you go on one and you're a little bit curious what it's going to be like. Uh, are we going to enjoy it? And then most people, because most food tours are fantastic, of course, uh, then go, oh, wherever we go in the world now, we want to check out food tours because that was such a good experience. Uh, but that that comes... There's a lot of pressure that comes with that because if you are the person that's providing the first food tour for your group, you've got to make it really good. Yeah, and I think that it's it's kind of like when you try something for the first time. So for me, my my uh, the food that that I always measure things by is Eggs Benedict, and I know someone else who always measures uh, culinary experiences by hot and sour soup. That that's how they measure Chinese restaurants, but. For people going on food tours, they're going to measure every subsequent food tour they go on by their very first one because that's the baseline. And they may not have had – well, they haven't had any – tour experience before so they may not know what makes a great tour and it's i don't know it's and that's why we're trying to to certify tour operators to pr- provide that kind of standardized experience like a, a baseline you know you have to have this kind of of um, content kind of experience that you offer guests because some people that go on tours that you know they'll, they'll read great reviews on TripAdvisor, then they'll go on the tour and they'll kind of wonder why it wasn't really like that in real life and it's definitely a risk that consumers face. For me, what makes a food tour actually is not even the food. It is the tour guide. 
Uh, and I'll give you an example of that. We went on a food tour in Montreal a couple of weeks ago before all this hit, actually the weekend before. And we one of the stops was this Italian family-run uh, place that makes tomato sauce and gnocchi. And we weren't actually that impressed with the pasta sauce, I've got to be honest. But the story behind it and the story behind the family and the generations and grandma's recipe and how they turned it into a business was what made that stop really interesting for us. And that might be because, you know, I, I mean, I love food. Would I call myself a foodie? I don't know. I guess if you saw my waistline, you would. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, it was, you know, I'm a history buff. So I love the whole history that went into that stop. So I, I think that's a misconception as well, that all food on a food tour needs to be gourmet, right? Well, See, what you're talking about is a subset of food tourism, which is gourmet tours. And there are certain food tours that really focus on the gourmet experience. And and that's great. There's uh, one of our speakers at the Food Trucks Online, Richard Bagnall. He delivers bespoke gourmet food tours of London. And it's typically just couples, really, that are well-to-do and, and want that kind of experience. But um, not... I think that that's also kind of a misconception. People who maybe don't know a lot about food tours think they're going to go on a food tour and it's going to be gourmet, and that might scare some people away. And that's one of the things we've been we've had to fight ever since our inception is the perception of what food tourism is or culinary tourism. People who just don't know anything about it or who may be novices to the industry equate that concept with gourmet always and we we have to continue to backpedal on that and help them to understand that it's no it's just about unique and memorable food and drink experiences of all kinds very very true and when i was in london recently i I had to cut my trip short because of the pandemic but there was a tour i was wanting to book which was the uh i forget the company that's running it now they had an indian food tour of brick lane and i love indian food Mm -hmm. right and living in the united states It's very hard to get good Indian food when you've lived in Britain most of your life. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited for that one, but that was very kind of specialized on Indian food. And I love that. I love you can, you know, that you can go on ones that I think there's one in Montreal that I want to take, which is all about tea, for instance. Nice. Um, So I love the fact that there are food tours. It's not just, hey, you know, this is a food tour. It's like we're specializing in this area. Um, Very, very exciting. And, 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 you know, it's something that we want to do now in every city we go to and visit, oh, what food tours are there? Because also, and I think this is something we need to remember when we talk to restaurants about getting involved, is we'll go on the food tour the first night of our stay, and then we'll go back to one or two of those restaurants because we enjoyed the food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you've identified, Shane, this this notion of the different experiences is is very true. Uh, People can go on a food tour that could be a high-end food tour or they can go on a specialist food tour. And I think that the industry has really grown so much now that you do see these specialist uh, versions of food tours, whether it's a a coffee tour or a vegan tour or a chocolate tour or a gluten-free tour. The, The industry has gotten large enough and diverse enough now that it can support these different specialist tours. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people are searching them out now, I think as well. It's, uh, it's, and that's why, like, I actually found that food tour in Montreal via um, one of the OTAs. I forget which one. And then that led me down a whole path of, okay, what other food tours are out there? And that's why it's important to have your SEO in place. Because then I went to Google and searched and, mm-hmm. and read and Google my business and everything else. But on your summit, do you tackle those kind of marketing issues or are you more into the, the experience 
of, of crafting the food tour? Well, the summit is, is a mix of different things. It's really more about topical issues that food tour operators in our industry need to know about in order to, to get ahead, to be competitive, and so on. Uh, the issues of things like special diets, we've talked about a number of times. We talked about that at our Food Trucks London event. We've also talked about it in our town hall in our GastroTerra online community. So we're always bringing different education opportunities to our community, whether they're online or in person. Uh, it's it's our job to to provide that education and thought leadership to our industry. I can't let you go without asking you about your book because you wrote a book on food tours, correct? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Have Fork Will Travel. That was uh, Love it. about five or six years ago, yeah. yeah. And it's still available today. I just shared it on my Facebook group because I was asking people if, if they had bought it and if they'd used it in their business. Yeah, that was a that was a magnum opus. That was a a huge project of more than seventy authors in twenty four countries. And talk about trying wow. to get the cats all agreeing. It was it was a big project, but it was extremely worthwhile. It's a book of more than five hundred pages, and it is a magnum opus. But it pretty much covers everything the the complete nuts and bolts of our industry and when we wrote that book it came out in 2014 and we were very careful to do two things one was to make it so it could turn into an academic textbook if needed so there's things like questions for classrooms at the end of each chapter but also and perhaps more importantly we took every effort to make sure that the content that was provided was as timeless as possible. Because it was a big book, we didn't want it to be irrelevant too soon or to, you know, to not be timely uh, too soon. So we really tried to get people to focus on concepts that were more timeless. And I think that that has really served as well because people continue to tell us that almost everything in the book is still relevant today. Yeah, because I looked at it and I did a bit of sticker shock when I saw it was, I think, 45 bucks on Amazon. And that's down from the original price. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it was launched at $65. Okay. And I'm always curious because I've never run a food tour. Uh, and actually, one of my ideas before this crisis hit was I was looking at a brewery tour here in Vermont because there's already one in the main city, but there are some fantastic breweries outside in, in, the, in the countryside, as it were. And I was looking at potentially setting up a tour for people who wanted to go further afield. So would that would your book then be useful for me? I think parts of the book could be, but I think more helpful to you might be the Culinary Tour Operator Certification course, because that's really focused specifically on everything that you would want to do with that, whereas the book mm -hmm. covers everything from lodging to food and beverage manufacturers to, of course, food and beverage tours to destination marketing issues to the psychographics of food-loving travelers. It's it's really more broad. Well, Eric, thank you very much for coming on to the show today and, and sharing more about WFTA with our listeners. You can find all the links for today's episode, as I say, at tourpreneur.com forward slash 69 or go to worldfoodtravel.org and you can find uh, links to the summit there as well as the certification and uh, all the resources that are put out by WFTA. Is there anything I haven't shared that you would like to share with our listeners before we leave, Eric? Oh, I guess, Shane, you know, the, the only thing that I would want to add probably is, and it's going through everyone's minds right now, and it's about the pandemic. And I see a lot of people just giving up hope, and they, they have shut up. They, they've shut shop. 
and they just say, that's it. I'm done. We're, we're out of here. And I would say, don't give up so fast. You know, we could come up with a, a vaccine or treatment for this, this disease soon, or we may not, we don't really know, but don't give up so easily. Uh, you know, what wouldn't, how would you feel if in three months they came up with a vaccine and you had already closed up, taken down your website and, and all of that. So stay, hang in there. We're with you. We are all working on this together. We're all facing the same crisis together and we'll get through it together. And most importantly, people will start traveling again. I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. People are going to want to travel. They're going to want to experience all this wonderful food that's out there in the world. It's just you know, stay in the course of the next couple of months. And what I always say is if it means that you've got to take a part-time job somewhere to keep the lights on, do that. Don't give up on your business. Yeah. Especially because for most of us, it's our passion. Keep so it's alive. very hard in this day and age to get a business which or work in an area that, you know, you would do for free because you're so passionate about it, which is what I find with most food tourpreneurs. Keep your dream alive. Thank you, Eric. All the best. My pleasure, Shane. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.